0: Good morning and welcome to Sinister Sunrise. Well, welcome back because this is episode two. Yes. And we, uh, I'm Morgan, Aaron, Sarah, we're all here to talk to you today about the most state or Missouri state
1: penitentiary. Penitentiary? Penitentiary. I that penitentiary? It's potentially the penitentiary. I'ma say prison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: like Sarah mentioned on the last episode, um, every week since there are three of us, um, we didn't want anyone to miss out and always have to go last or always have to be in the middle or go first. So um, every week we'll have a different tiebreaker or game of fate. Uh, this week I brought to the table my gemstones. Um, <laughs> it's in a box, and it's really tiny, actually. Like, the box is probably the size of my hand. But then the drawer that the rocks and stones are in is even littler. Ooh. So, ladies, uh, you pull this up. It's yeah.
1: forged from the fires of And our this ancestors. comes out.
0: Whoa, whoa. Right. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll post a picture of it on my Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram. Yes. So, in here, I just have a couple of my gems. Um, So, we'll use a smoky quartz. Okay. I'd like some ooze. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> I have a rose quartz. Pretty. Oh. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, I have ooh. a couple more in here, but um, ooh. then my last one is jade. Because <gasps> <laughs> okay, so we all know the favorite. <laughs> um, so I figured, this is like kind of an odd way to go about it, but I figured, you know, I'll just shake them up in my hand and uh, we can just decide. So um, if you get jade, you're going first. Okay. Jade is first. Jade is first. Got it. Rose quartz. Second. Got it. Smokey Quartz. Third. All right. Okay. Okay. Open. Ah, oh, mother. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <barely gasps> Look at that. All right. So I got Jade, which means first. Sarah got Rose. Woo! Aaron so got Smoke. Last. All right. I'm about it. I know. Is that Smoke? Mm. is like burning rubber? Like um, Actually, I don't... <laughs> That- <laughs> you know what? It, 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 it
2: is that means that this a jab at me. <laughs>
0: that's what it means this week. Burn rubber, Aaron. <laughs> right. And
1: get I'm on to down it. the Murray State Pen. Oh my god. Right. We- it's not that far from us, y'all. Jeff City's yeah, like, City. Do you know that's why Jeff City is the capital? What? Because Wait, it, what? Because they had the Missouri State Penitentiary. That solidified them as the capital back in the day. Okay, I'm Sarah. I'm
0: going first. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, oh, and
0: also, <laughs> like everyone said last week, we all brought, we all got to, like, say, like, a little baby story about, like, what we like to do and what our passions are, which are what we're bringing to the podcast. So, we're all sticking to that this week. So, uh, I will be starting us off with ghosts. Yeah. Tell us all about them. Yes. Woo-hoo-hoo. I'm ready. So, this. um, I did do a little bit of background on the prison. I'm
1: going to keep <laughs> using that word. <laughs>
0: Is that
1: the word you would like to use?
2: Yeah, it is, because it's the
0: one I can say. (laughs) Okay, so obviously, like we said, Missouri State Prison, it is in Jefferson City, Missouri. Um, it was a prison from 1836 to 2004. Okay. so I the math was already calculated for me online 168 years Dang. Um, It was considered a maximum security prison. Mm. So basically from the website I did find or from the website of MissouriStatePenitentiary.com, State penitentiary.com, I, um, I did find out a lot about them um, just through their main actual website. So they do host ghost hunting tours throughout the year. Um, they are closed from December. No January to like March, just because of the weather. Mm -hmm. Because the majority of it is very old buildings, and like the the elements of outside is what you experience when you're taking the tour. So yeah, they they knew they wouldn't probably make that much during those times. Um, we'll start with executions. So one of the first things
2: that (laughs) (laughs) off on a great note, yeah,
0: Yeah. right, right, straight to the death. Yeah. So in 1937, there was a proposed bill. For lethal gas to be used for the very first time. Because back in the day, um, all it was was hangings. And I believe, like, the hangings and, like, just a single shot to the head was what they did. And that was done by the sheriff. So it was, like, all on him. Every single death was on his hands. Like, (laughs) (laughs) whoa. Yeah. I was like, a lot of money. Yeah. Right? The sheriff's bringing a lot of baggage home. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, <sighs> emotional baggage. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, 1937 is when they like proposed that bill, which would mean no more hangings, no more just like fatal shots. The bill was changed to the electric chair. But before the electric chair was you know, brought into the prison. Gas was used on 40 inmates between 1937 and 1989. One thing was, uh, so it was on the uh, website from the Fulton Sun, and they had an article about Tom Wells, who was a prison guard in 1989. Um, I don't know exactly how long he served, but he was there for quite some time. And now he does tours. madam. Yes, there's the the resident uh
1: Mo State prison expert. <laughs> hey, I did not go to school there. <laughs> I am not the alumni. I just visited on the weekends right, right, right. <laughs> so
0: um he told this story originally first in like 2018. Um this just happened when he was a guard. So um he um was in one of the halls and was doing their normal like nightly counts. So making sure all the inmates are in their cells that they're supposed to be. And he was actually standing there talking to an inmate, having just normal actual conversation with them, which is shocking that they talk to each other like another human. But he was just talking to him and he, like something caught the guard off out of the corner of his eye. And he turned and looked and saw a guy walking out the door. And he's like, it, what the heck? Like it's <laughs> count time. Where are you guys? Where are you going? Absolutely. So he books it and goes out. Cause there's other guards obviously in the hall yeah. making sure. Yeah. So he books it outside and sees he can't find the guy anywhere he's like okay you must have run around the corner goes around the side of the building can't find him anywhere he and then he looks around he's like crap there's a van that they use to bring supplies to and from he's like crap he's trying to he's trying to really escape he's in oh, the van no. he goes and he flings the van doors open no one in there and he turns around, and he's like, what the heck? And looking all around. And the inmate that he had been talking to is standing in the doorway. And the inmate says, you're never going to find that guy you're looking for. And he goes, oh. "He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I don't know who you're looking for. The guy with the long blonde hair and the white t-shirt. And the inmate er, and the guard says, yeah, that's the guy. And he says, you're never going to find him. There's no guy that looks like that in this hall. And then, the, of course, the guard's like, oh, my God, you're right. So... He saw a ghost. So Ooh, that is a frequent. They and the fact that the inmates have seen him, yeah. the guard has seen him. Yeah. yeah
2: thank you. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Sarah's <laughs>
0: turning into a turtle.
1: <laughs> Please help! i to keep wrapping myself up tighter and tighter. I can't so, like juice bumps. Yeah. I know that one. I
0: again uh, did all this research at like eleven o'clock at night, so I was <laughs> quiet in my house, and I was like, oh gosh. So yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, back to the tours. So, all the stories are different, everything like that. Um, I did tell Sarah this earlier. Obviously, they have the different types of tours. You can go and you can do like a $26 tour and it's just like a couple hours during the day. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, special ones at night. They have overnights Mm -hmm. that are like $100 plus. They have overnight ones. They sure do. That's game changer. Overnight. They sure do. Um, But one of the tours, if you go from June to September, you can have an ex-inmate lead the tour. What? Because, again, it's been, you know, it stopped being a prison in 2004. So... What do we think he did? I, that's right. My mind. Can you like, ask that
2: kind of question, or are they like no comment? <laughs>
0: right. Like I, I don't know. And I reread the sentence like three times. I was
1: like, no, oh, this is led by an ex inmate. So yeah, I hope it's like the the charges were dropped. We'd hope. We'd hope. I hope it's like a like a Chris Rock character from The Longest Yard, just real chatty.
2: So like that's something like currently on the website that you're like, mm-hmm. you can yeah. put it in and. ask. Yeah, them. like when I clicked on
1: the different types of
0: tours, I was like, oh wow, these price ranges are. You know, 26 bucks is, I don't know, that's pretty cheap for, like, yeah. an actual tour of, mm-hmm. like, a historical site. Yeah. And then I see the $100 one, and I see something else, and I'm, like, looking at all the details, and I was
1: like, wait, what? Yeah. that <laughs> one? The inmate one expensive? That one did not have a price. So, because I think it's because it depends on if the inmate is available. But, at yeah. Can I request what kind of inmate I want? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I learn about thievery? Can I please have... <laughs> Correct. Correct. I'm trying to make more money than I can.
0: Yes, that's exactly how it works. Uh, probably one of the things I noticed the most was, again, I tried really hard to find, like, specific stories of what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, the, it seems that, like, there's a lot of, like, more memorable stories and things like that from the actual tour guides and, like, kind of everyone has their own experience. But what I did notice was on Yelp and TripAdvisor, um, normally I'd be like, Yelp, meh. But <laughs> there was a lot of reviews, and on Yelp, they had a 4.8 out of 5, and TripAdvisor had a 5-star review wow, for whoa. just this. Yeah, Everyone's like, I mean, a couple of, most of them were from, like, Kansas City, uh-huh. and they were like, it's well worth the drive, you know? So I've never heard of a 5-star on TripAdvisor for something so, like, not, like, a resort. So, yeah. Yeah. To tour? Yeah. Right, for a haunted tour. So um, one of the reviews, or two of them from Yelp, I want to read. So Chris R. says it was the best decision ever to book the overnight tour. Cell 10 gave them (laughs) readings. They all could like bring in their own devices. Oh, cool. Um, Housing Unit 4 was the most active. Um, They asked for the entity to tap on anything. And sure enough, three taps were able to um, be heard from a table that no one was sitting at. So just like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And then um, they did feel like touches, and even heard a whistle at one point. And then another review from Yelp, Kate K. Uh, it felt like someone was like touching my hair. And finally, when I brought it to a tour guide's attention, they said, "Yeah, there's a lot of male spirits that touch women's hair."
1: Ew.
0: Yeah. So gross.
1: Um. How much I use?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then uh, TripAdvisor again was a five star. Um, and then on another website that I found, it's called thegravetalks.com. I just was like a fun fact that this is nearly a hundred years older than Alcatraz. So something to think about because Alcatraz is like, yeah, very well known. And yeah, we were older here in Missouri. (laughs) Good old Missouri. Okay, so another site that was, had like the most details of, you know, stories and stuff was uh, Week in Weird. That's week in weird, three words, dot com. Um, the article is written by Dana Matthews in 2015. The people who did the overnight tour, um, you're kind of allowed to go on your own. And some of the things that they noticed was like, it's crazy that there's still body odor. It's like, because the stones are so old oh, and gross. the people were packed into the cells that you can literally yeah still, like, it's almost, because they were like, yeah, you can smell it, so it's like you can, like, almost them there. so oh, wow. Yeah, girls. <laughs> 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 Many of the people on this particular tour did see shadows. They were down in one of the long halls and they tried, you know, like when you're in those kind of situations, you kind of try to like reason out what it could possibly be. So the team said that they were like, we tried so hard to just like imagine it being an animal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were definitely, it was too small to be a cat or a rat or anything like that. <laughs> they said they could definitely see them moving. They were only 25 feet away but made no, no noise, so it's definitely like shadow figures, you know. Cell forty eight seems to be the most active. That is where a snitch named Walter Darnell was bludgeoned to death with a hammer. Um, talk, Walter. Right, like mm. Walter. Yeah. Um. Apparently, what it was is like actually the other inmates who thought he snitched. We don't know for sure. Um. They busted out the wall and then bludgeoned him to death oh with the my hammer. Yeah. a hammer. Oh gosh. So, kind of the big scandal of of uh, cell forty eight um like where'd the hammer come from yeah right why don't That's you use that like to, to bust
1: out of prison i can think of a better wall <laughs> <row>. like, dang. <laughs> that they busted out of walls they busted
0: people's skulls like ugh. um on that again the same tour that dana matthews wrote about um they did catch disembodied voices um on their recorders and even felt someone breathe down their neck <laughs> <laughs> i hate the breath thing <laughs> sarah's having a little conniption over there yeah um Two people in uh, this particular group did say that cell forty eight felt a shift, like a shift in gravity. Um, they said that, like they literally felt like their feet were stuck to the ground, like they couldn't move.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's just kind of like a weird. I've never heard it say like a shift in gravity, mm-hmm. so it's just interesting. Yeah. And to quote one of the people on the tour, was it? Uh, it felt physically heavier in here, mm-hmm. you know, like thick air. Yeah. And then on that exact same tour. They were catching, you know, obviously, like I said, like, voice phenomenons, things like that. Um, Someone on the tour actually even just, like, broke down with how, like, much sorrow they felt from it. So, like, people Mm who were kind of sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. It's a very, you know, scary, sad place to be. So, yeah. It's just to break down in front of strangers, you kind of have to be pretty emotionally taken by that. So overwhelmed and everything. Right. Okay, and to wrap things up, I'm going to talk about, I did see on the Travel Channel website that our good friends and our beloved Zach from Ghost Adventures, um, (laughs) they have visited. Um, I did just pretty much watch like the summary of the episode. I know I've seen it in the past, but Mm -hmm. just to kind of get the highlights of it. And obviously, if you've never seen the show, they do have three gentlemen. um, Oh, man, that's so bad. Zach, Aaron. Zach, Aaron and Nick. I was like, I yes. can't remember Aaron. Yeah. Not so bad. But uh the actual AA run, and Nick and Zach, they go out <laughs> in the field. <laughs> <laughs> they go out in the field or, you know, wherever they're doing their tour, and then there's, like, the home base where they have usually a man or two, you know, wa- watching the cameras, radioing them, making sure everything's safe. And in this particular episode, I have never really seen where they, uh, the home base, like, talks to, like, a recording device with no one in the room. And oh, they did that. Wow. So uh, before we get to that, uh, one of the things that is really probably the scariest thing in the whole prison that, that I could see was they still have the gas chamber. So it's a separate building well from, mm-hmm. you know, everything else. and I'm sure my lovely ladies will talk more about that. They they did have Aaron go into the gas chamber and he is sitting in one of the Of course, of made the- Aaron go- of course <laughs> they made Aaron. Poor Aaron. We should they should him some flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, They did make him go in there, and he apparently was in there for, like, over 30 minutes. He's sitting in the chair, just, like, had one of a spirit, had a spirit box and was trying to get people to talk to him. And you you heard a distinct female voice say, sorry. Yeah, so it is, like, is that the spirit of the one female that was executed? Mm -hmm. We don't know. So they did have Nick out and about in some of the halls. um, And you clearly hear a man's voice come through and say, stop fucking with me demon like three separate yes like three separate absolutely not yeah and of course they replayed Get it like four times <laughs> yes I'm um, like
2: ooh, getting Once chills every about? time
0: yeah <laughs> it, was, it was it was bad um and again so they had the gentleman at base kind of walking because they had three individual cameras set up in rooms that the uh, that nick aaron and zach were not in and I stupidly don't know the name of this device, but it kind of has like that automatic like text that comes up on the screen mm. and it's like a robot voice that comes through. So they had that set up and the guys were asking at home base, were asking them questions like who's here, what are you doing? And, and we get no response, but out of nowhere, just started talking without being questioned. And it said, Reverend, informant, Jesus. Um, oh, this is called the ovulus device. Just hit me, obvious <laughs> device. Um, and then, like when they brought Zach back into home base, and they were talking to him about it. They did get further words, and it said "twist men apart." no, no, no. And like, it's not obvious. You know, it's like that oh. robot voice where so it's like yeah. "twist men apart." But, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it was a very like spooky way to end on it. But yes, so obviously, there's not a whole lot written about people's actual specific encounters, but. Basically, everything I read was anytime you go, you definitely feel, hear, or see something
1: abnormal, yeah. supernatural. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Do you know something Very super cool. crazy about those tours? Yeah. Yes. I took the daytime one, and they take you to the gas chamber and they let you sit in there and take pictures. So. Yeah, Jeez. I did read that on one of the reviews. Like, one person was like, so upset that they let you do
0: that. And I was like, I. I see both sides of it as, like, a respect thing. But it's, like, but it's also
1: open. No one's, no one's doing, like, it's not an open yeah, gas into, like, chamber. play dead or, like, smile. And, like, oh. and ours, we were just sitting Ooh. there. And there was this little kid in the background cheesing ear to ear. <gasps> yeah, and I was, like, oh, God, this feels so wrong. Like it feels like the eighteen hundreds, like, let me collect parcels of your yeah.
0: Yeah. I definitely will it's like the gas chamber, like the very limited pictures that I did see. It's very like it like reminds me of like a submarine. Like Because the, the door is just so big and mm-hmm.
1: just mm-hmm. yeah. And so pristine and white and, yeah. Well yeah, it's very like um minimalist kind of you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like there's not a lot going on there, but yeah. At first I thought it was the electric
0: chair because everything's just so like sterile and metal. Like everyone's uh-huh. white and metal. I was like, oh, this is the electric
1: chair. And they're like, this is the gas chamber. And I was like. Wait, maybe oh. it was the electric chair. I sat in one of them. No, you can sit in. You can sit in the gas chamber. Maybe it was both. Yeah, yeah you haunted. Mm-hmm. Thank you for staging my apartment.
2: You're yes. Welcome. Since you, you're, yeah, have you been there too? I have not. Okay. But you have. Did mm-hmm. you have any like weird feelings or? No, anything? I don't think
1: I'm as in tune as you are, Morgan. Like, I never feel stuff. Yeah. You don't have to like punch me in the face. And I'm like, wow, there must be a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: but you've only done the day ones. The day ones. So one. obviously, we have to try
1: it at night. We were saying. Overnight? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's hope I don't get uh,
0: emotional like I did when we were at the lamp.
1: But yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a story for another time. I just want to see something. Like, I think like I'm all... Same. Maybe same. I'm trying too hard. Like, you gotta take the just, laid-back approach with the yeah. ghosties. If that happens, yes. Don't overthink. Don't it. expect it. Yeah. and It will come. I just had this terrible no. thought more like, show yourself. And I never see anything. <laughs> <laughs> like at the Just moment, make but, them angry. start <laughs> Probably. Angry. They're probably hiding on purpose. Like, this girl. I'm like, mm-mm. She gets nothing. No. Like, Logos no for you, <laughs> basically. All right, guys. Thanks for the ghosties. You ready for my part of the story? Yes. 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 Okay. So mine's about dream. Just kidding. It's not. Mine is about Ooh. um. Yeah, that would be terrifying in prison. Mm-mm. If we do tour tonight, night, I will not be sleeping there. I can only imagine what's going to happen. My no, no. eyes closed overnight.
0: Like we we're awake the whole time.
1: Okay, that makes sense. And we walk it in a
0: tripod formation with our backs together, so we all have angles. <laughs> 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 Nothing can come up
1: behind us. I just imagine like a Scooby Doo episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. talking <laughs> <what I mean. laughs> hanging on each other. Except yeah, yeah. for there's no ghost to catch. Like, well, you don't know. I don't want to catch it and bring it back. We just find it and then put them back. Yeah, we don't take them with us. They can stay there. There's no okay. mask for pulling off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> anyway, so Morgan covered the ghosties. Um, I know Aaron's gonna get a little more true crime as usual, but I just wanted to kind of give a background of our prison system in America and how it would have been around the nineteen fifties for the stories you guys are covering. hmm So obviously, prison is never somewhere you wanna end up, but I chose to focus on the prison system after the Civil War in America and how it led into our penal system. You ni- said penal <laughs> in oh. the nineteen fifties. <laughs> Serious. Let me set that over. Get serious. serious. Mm -hmm. Penal. Why is that even a word? I don't know. But can we leave all this in, please? Because (laughs) I. (laughs) In in this regard, penal means. Penally. The penitentiary system. (laughs) Morgan. (laughs) That sounds better. Am I right? Yeah. okay so starting at the very awkward american civil war um which ended in 1865 Mm -hmm. i ashamedly had to google that and that's okay i'm shaking my head but i i trust you i have no idea if i was like 1999 it ended (laughs) i've been like "Mm, i think you're off by like five years
0: i'm not a history major
1: so (laughs) great yeah Anyway, so it ended in uh, 1865. Um, The number of U.S. penitentiary buildings in the South and the West, like, jumped. There's some everywhere. And then their inmate populations started swelling over to 30,000 people. Jesus. And because racism was alive and well in the South for a hot minute there, African-Americans became the majority of the inmates. They also replaced the high number of immigrants that used to be there. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, overcrowding, disease, abuse of convicts um, at both the guard and fellow criminals' hands really kind of kept the death tolls high. So because of the overcrowding, even murderers condemned to life rarely served their full sentence. Like there was just no way to keep everyone in there. Oh, wow. Also in the South, Chain gangs became very common Does anyone know what a chain gang is? I was just going to raise my hand and say Ma'am,
0: what is a chain gang? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I love Johnny Cash and he has that song like There ain't no good and an evil hearted woman Anybody? No. You guys get some culture. <laughs> We're trying. Hello, yeah. I'm listening any Johnny to you? Cash listeners? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a chain gang, for those of you who don't know, myself included, is not just a Johnny Cash song. It is a group of prisoners chained together to perform menial or physically challenging work as a form of punishment. <gasps> like, oh, brother, where art thou? Yes, and they would work uh-huh. for like fifteen hours a day in Ooh. terrible conditions. Jeez. And they weren't getting the money. They weren't getting paid at all. Yeah, it was going yeah. back towards the president and the state. Huh. It dug a lot of those states like out of debt. Huh. So, hmm. uh, yeah. Pros and cons, pros and cons. <laughs> pros and convicts, if you will. <laughs> <Uh-oh>,
0: <laughs> <but> a bunch.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, all around, not a good place to be. Yeah, Northerners also explored these new models. Um, we used some crazy stuff in the North also, which, actually, no. I'm saying we, but I think Missouri's technically in the South. You know what? We both. I like that. We both. We
0: can say y'all. We can say you guys. Depends on the day. Mm-hmm.
1: So we did things like all day in silence. We tested experimental medical treatments on inmates. And all types of inmates were sharing cells. So murderers, mm-hmm. thieves. It doesn't really matter. But I will say all the really dangerous ones they put on the top level. And that was to prevent breakouts. Because they were the ones like highest to try and get out because they're there forever. Flight why risk. not try? Yeah. yeah. But yet again, I don't know why they're busting through walls to bash in people's heads. But whatever. I mean, they're already there forever. You know what? A good but also, why would you be mad if someone snitched on you? Like you
0: already in prison. I've never been to prison. I don't know. You <laughs> know what? Maybe when when you get the hammer in your hand, all thoughts are just psh, yeah. gone.
1: What could I do with <laughs> it? Um. So anyway, with this in mind and everything else, the prison population's quadrupled in three decades. Now we're in the 1950s. I know we jumped a little bit, but this is when psychologists finally started to get concerned about our American prison system. So just a couple bullet points here. There are about 23,000 people in federal prison at this time and 186,000 people in state prisons. Our beloved Missouri state penitentiary would be one of them. Mm -hmm. So none of them had a lot of space. So we were concerned about how many people were in there and the exponential growth. We were not focused on rehabilitation. Prison was viewed the prison, was viewed as a punishment. And that way they just want you there to deter potential criminals from engaging in illegal acts. So they don't really care what happens to you after you get out. They just want you to be punished while you're in there. Yes. Dang. And also, they did not want to help you get job skills because they don't want to take jobs away from the clean cut people. So basically, we weren't giving <sighs> anyone tools to help them once they're out. We are kind of like, you did something bad. Sorry. Like, sucks for you. You didn't get your GED. You're never going to get it. Basically. Like, they're not going to cool. help you, which is just going leading to keep leading to more things. But also in this time, about 60% of criminals were repeating their crimes. That's a high number. Yes, it is. And there's no organized rule regarding parole. Violent criminals were let out on parole while non- non-violent criminals remained in prison for their entire sentence. This problem does continue today, but it's not as bad as it was. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned before, there was a lot of overcrowding. Prison cells meant to hold one or two inmates often contained four or more. And I'm so weird on my bathroom situations. And these poor people had to share toilets and live in dirt and squalor. That to me is the mean this part of the Probably not to them, but I could barely share a dorm room with one bathroom, so. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, things kept getting stricter and stricter. Guards were getting more training. Because we still didn't really understand how the human mind worked, I guess, at that time. So, this is crazy. They talked about this on the tour also, but guards would escort prisoners in formation to and from their cells, forcing them to hold their arms across their chests while moving about the facility. So, something the tour guide also said, they don't do this anymore, but they would have the prisoners lean over, and their doors would be smaller, so they're constantly, like, in a uh, a non-apunk. posing formations that makes sense that like there's no way for them to really act out and like if they're other. doing that yeah yes that makes sense also casual conversation between inmates and guards was strongly discouraged if a prisoner wanted to speak with the guard he was required to remove his hat cross his arms over his chest and address the guard by his formal parliamentary rank Wow <laughs> yes. So a lot of division and like rights and everything. Corporal punishment was the favored method of discipline. I don't know what this is, but a newspaper article describes one prisoner was whipped in a spanking machine. I don't want to know. Is there any thoughts on that? Because that... did you see any spanking machines when you were there? I would <laughs> on the think tour? they tucked those away. <laughs> those don't they seem... burned it. <laughs> so they. I went better... on the daytime family fun yeah. tour. That machine's got to be. Not I don't for know us. what that is. Yeah.
0: I, I don't
2: know. They keep that for the open-nighters. <laughs> <laughs> the show. I know. That sounded real bad At coming on no they're there's
1: a spanking machine. No. Oh, God. Like, I didn't see anything else about this. I don't know where it came from. If it's real, don't tell me. I'd like to believe it's not. I'm just reporting you guys. <laughs> <about>. <laughs> you didn't decide to Google She's it. She's just and here see what reporting the up. facts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it. <laughs> I only report what I read. <laughs> Around 1955, which is when you guys are talking about, finally, so many riots and public outcries were happening. The United Nations' standard minimum rules for the treatment of prisoners was adopted. Finally, conditions started getting better in the late 50s and 60s. So that is where we're at today. My part was a little short, but. Yeah, conditions yeah. didn't sound great. They weren't getting any better. No one was happy. Yeah. There were spanking machines. Yep. <laughs> Where did they go? We don't know. But they were there. I think there's apparently. some things that
0: need to be destroyed. Um, and uh, that was probably one of them. Yes i know, yeah. i did read about the like because obviously the ghosts lived in or not the ghosts but the the individuals before their death did live in the cells mm-hmm. so i read like a little bit about that and that whole like what you were talking about like the arms crossed thing mm-hmm. and like the reason the doors were, were low is to make them
1: have to have to bow yes that's crazy oh like, it's like yes master like Ugh. no Ugh. i mean think of like how much anger yeah. and like you're just repressing so much stuff like that Yeah, you can't beat someone down all the time. Expect them not to have riots and everything, right?
2: Yeah,
0: and that many people in one area, let alone a like nasty,
2: like Mm -hmm.
1: yeah. Well, that guard that led the tour, he was kind of talking like, "Where's the safest place for a prisoner to be?" Any guesses?
2: The safest place for a
1: prisoner, yeah, in the cell or in the common areas. So I don't know the safe at uh,
2: I don't know I
1: not in the prison
2: <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> it's a trick question no it's
1: in um it's in the common areas cuz you don't want them to be just sitting in their room like boiling away all day and just yeah. thinking about ways to get back at you, you want them to almost have a nicer life. Weren't there, like, riots, too? Yes. At, there are some huge ones. Yeah. No. There was a big one at the Missouri State. Actually, I, no, I thought there was. That's why I was curious. Yeah. I thought there had been,
2: like,
0: no, at least it, one big rioter. A lot of it came from the, the snitch guy, so. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Makes sense.
2: You
0: got a hammer. You got a riot. If there's a hammer, there's a way. There's
1: a way. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, Sarah. That was cool. You're welcome. Interesting. <laughs>
2: Be happy we live here now. Yeah. Yeah. And not in a prison in 1950. All right. So thank you, Morgan, and thank you, Sarah, um, (laughs) for talking about the Missouri State Penitentiary for a bit, the history and the ghosts. Um, So I'm going to be talking about, so two criminals Mm -hmm. who were arrested and put in the Missouri Penitentiary, but also... Um, the story isn't just about them. I really don't want to focus on them, but more on, like, the victim. Yeah. Yes. So, we're gonna end on a sad note, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We'll pick it back so, up somewhere. Ugh. Yes. Uh, This is a story of the kidnapping and murder of six-year-old Bobby Greenlease. So all of my information was gathered from Murderpedia, basically just based off of like two articles. There were a ton of articles on the website, so plenty to pick and choose from, but the one from FBI.org and CrimeRack.com are the ones I'm basing kind of all this information and the story off of. Cool. So on September 28th, 1953, in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, a woman goes to the entrance of the French Institute of Notre Dame des Zions, just an elementary school. Is it supposed to be design or is it really design. de Zion? That is what the translation pronunciation thing says. Oh, so, okay. I thought the are trying to be fancy, like, like, des Monets is actually that money. <laughs> like. No, uh, it says. Day like D E and then S I O N, which I do think is Zion. So uh, I think that's the pronunciation. Sorry, everybody. that's okay. I don't, I don't speak French, so I would not know. But not. okay, yeah, me neither. Yes, <laughs> I just speak country twang. Yes. So this woman approaches the building Uh, of elementary school and Sister Moran approached the woman and the woman claimed to be the aunt of Bobby Greenlease. So she informed the sister that she was picking up Bobby to take him to St. Mary's Hospital uh, where his mother was being transported after suffering from a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Um, Sister Moran recalls the woman um, being visibly upset as she waited for Bobby in the chapel. So she was crying, uh, she was saying prayers, uh, seemed to be acting concerned for the state of Bobby's mother. So without question, the woman, Sister Moran, gathered Bobby, told him that his aunt was there to pick him up, um, and she didn't inform Bobby about the state of his mother, which made a good, good, idea. Call. Yeah. Good, good call. call. Good yeah. call. Yeah. Once at the entrance, uh, Bobby was handed off to the aunt, who <gasps> walked next to Bobby. I'm not liking this one yeah, bit. Not, next to Bobby with like her hand over her shoulder. Um, Sister Moran mentioned Bobby did not appear distressed. He didn't hesitate when he approached the woman, left with her what? willingly. Um, and then this occurred um, that day. September 28th before, like, 11 in the morning, like, a little bit before then. So just about a half hour later, around 1130, a different sister, Sister Marthana, contacted the Greenlease household um, just to inquire about the condition of Mrs. Greenlease. Um, can you guess who answered the phone? The mom! <laughs> not Mrs. Greenlease. Mrs. Greenlease <laughs> answered the phone. Was yes. she sick? Did she have a stuffy no. nose? Did she just um, have the flu? Oh, no. Did not say. I don't think so. She didn't sound, con- she didn't so. sound congested? That, that was, well. yeah. Erin, you not already noted. said this
0: is going to end on a sad note. I'm just prepping myself. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Ready.
2: Okay. So realizing obviously that the woman claiming to be Bobby's aunt was a fraud, Mrs. Greenlees called her husband, who immediately rushed home. Kansas City chief of police contacted about the abduction, and then the situation was reported to the FBI. So a few hours later, that that same day, a letter, a ransom letter, was delivered in the mail. This is postmarked at six PM. The letter stated, quote, and just bear with me that they're run-on sentences, grammatical errors. So bear with me. Don't criticize. Quote, your boy been kidnapped, get $600,000 in 20s, 10s, federal reserve notes from all 12 districts. We realize it takes few days to get that amount. Boy will be in good hands when you have money ready, put ad in Casey Starr, I guess the newspaper at the time, mm-hmm. uh, will meet you in Chicago, signed Mr. G. Do not call police or try to use chemicals on bills or take numbers. Do not try to use radio to catch us or boy dies. If you try to trap us, your wife, your other child, and yourself will be killed. You will be watched all the time. You will be told how to contact us with money. When you get this note, let us know by driving up and down Main Street between 39 and 29 for 20 minutes with white rag on car aerial. If do exactly as we say and try no tricks, your boy will be back safe within 24 hours after we check money, which when I saw it, it didn't have an M on it. So (laughs) money, but money. Deliver money in army duffel bag. Be ready to deliver at once on contact. $400,000 Four hundred thousand dollars in twenties, two hundred thousand dollars in tens. So that was a ransom note. Good lord! Uh, and then, so they wanted six hundred thousand dollars, which at the time would be the largest ransom amount ever demanded from a kidnapping at this point in time. Was his family wealthy? Are you ready? Yes. Do you want to know what that is in today's money? Yes, I have it. You have it? Yes, I do. I'm ready. Does your math match my math? Well, let's go. Oh, does it? Uh, oh. I can, I didn't do it exactly, but a little over two million dollars is what I have. I have five. Five million. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, it's a lot of money.
1: Who has that much money? Oh
2: wait, never mind. That would be it. And yes, probably around then.
0: But like, I have something different. But Sorry. F- like you said, the biggest ransom note or r- ransom request. Yes, like it, that, that makes sense. Like I the six hundred thousand sounds like a lot even today. Yes. Like back then, yeah, five million yeah. couldn't even think about that.
1: Yeah, wild. I like how they were all these detailed, you know, requests. And they're like, hey, it's going to take a couple days. We get that. We get that. Like, yeah. that's a chill rant. Take well, your time. Would you know you... What? don't Don't push yourself. You've had a really hard day. <laughs> your child's missing. I don't even yeah. need all of it in 20s and 10s.
2: Yeah. Just give me
1: 400,000 here, 20,000 there we're good to go. We're friends, right? You and me, we can work this out.
2: Yeah. Would you, would you like to know a bit about the characters, the kidnappers? Well, absolutely. They are intriguing, to say the least. Uh, so the ransom letter was uh, sent by kidnappers Bonnie Hetty and Carl Austin Hall. Um, So just some brief background about these two. Hall was the son of a wealthy St. Louis lawyer, and he never worked for a living. He was an alcoholic and a drug addict. When his father died, this is where I was getting confused, sorry. Uh, When his father died, he was left a small fortune of a little over $200,000, which is a little over $2 million. That's what he was left. $2 million. No big deal. What a tough life he had. Yes. Uh, However, due to Hall's addictions, he went through that money pretty quickly. So, yeah. (laughs) You could spend your whole lifetime trying to spend that much money. Well, he spent it pretty quickly. So now he's like, I need to get more money. How do I get more money? So he begins robbing taxis. Um however that kind of spree uh spree was short lived. He was sent to Missouri State Prison or penitentiary. <laughs> uh, where so we, where he served 16 months. He was released on April 24th, 1953. So since his first idea did not go as planned while he was in prison, he was thinking of other ways to make a lot of money quickly. So this is where he devised Plan of kidnapping the son of one of the wealthiest men in Kansas City. Okay. Uh, now there we go. You yes. should have waited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then um, when Hall was released, Prison, he met widow Bonnie Hetty. I don't exactly know where they met, if she knew what day he was getting out. I was a little confused about that. They meet up somewhere, and before even saying any introductions, one of the articles says that Hetty embraces Hall, hugs him, and kisses him passionately, as you do when you first meet someone day you've never met. That's <laughs> I don't know. How we met, guys. All right, yeah.
0: passionate
1: kiss, good to go. It was hot yeah. and heavy.
2: <laughs> um the articles
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> not true. Yeah. Very false. Very, very, very false.
2: false. The article stated that um, she had been a gun mall in, like, the 1930s. Does anyone know what a gun mall is? I was about was? to say, girl, please, please tell me you going tell me. I thought that was, like, a new last I'm... name. Basically, it's another like we'll say female companion to a male gangster oh yes you're so sweet but also they said like whore oh. and that it was another term for like whore
1: oh she's Prostitute a or lady. sex yes is she is side but we chick? will
2: just say female companion
1: oh she's a lady of the night for gangsters only <laughs> yes
2: but she's a little crazy crazy so let's see
1: Oh, well, Harley uh, Quinn, as so
2: Yeah. So she was a gun maul to Dan So That was her husband, who was a bank robber. Oh. Um, and then Dan Hetty, whenever he was imprisoned, he attempted to break out of prison only to e. be shot down and killed by an officer. Ooh. And when Bonnie was told that her husband had been shot to death, she grinned and stated, that's too bad. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's too bad. Whoa. Yeah.
1: So it wasn't like a... A love-filled marriage, is what you're saying. Oh, that's kind of (laughs) harsh.
2: I don't know. Ooh. And then... Oh, my God. Bonnie. Yes, Bonnie, yeah. Bonnie um, was said to also be an alcoholic, just seemed to be addicted and very interested in just criminal types. That's kind of who she was attracted to. The real bad boys. Mm. Yes. Mm. So, and so before she had met Hall, she had heard about him from like ex-prisoners, um, became very, very interested in him and his crimes. So then after their meeting, she took um, him back to her home in St. Joseph, Missouri. Whoa. As you do. Um, It also mentioned, uh, some of the articles mentioned that rarely were they sober. They would, you know, drink alcohol, do drugs, like, every waking moment. Um, When they were, like, briefly sobered up, they began working out the details to this kidnapping plan to get all this money. One of the articles said when Bonnie listened to Hall's plan, she stated, quote, why that's better than sex. I don't know if that's correct. Uh what about, why that's better than sex. I don't know. And she agreed to take part in it. Bonnie sounds a little crazy. <laughs> why? Emotions are everywhere with this woman. Yes. Everywhere. So, they were specifically targeting Bobby due to his father, Robert Greenlee Sr., who was a multimillionaire GM auto dealer at the time in Kansas City. So, oh, that's why okay. they were oh, okay. specifically going after him. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, the family. Huh. Um, after the First ransom note was sent. Uh, The news of the kidnapping began to kind of spread around the world. Mm -hmm. And then there had not been a major kidnapping since the 1930s. One major one being the Lindbergh baby kidnapping that kind of shook the whole world. Did not Uh, end well. Yes. So this kidnapping was being talked about in the news and the press. So people were all shocked about this one. Um, I did not research this part as much, so maybe you guys can help me figure this out. So it's, one of the articles said, do the provisions of the Lindbergh Law, which came after the Lindbergh kidnapping, so the Kansas City Police is on it, but the FBI cannot immediately enter the case or act for seven days if the victim had not been recovered in seven days, police could assume that the kidnappers had broken the law and taken the victim across state lines. I don't know how accurate that is or what that really means. Besides that, regardless of that, and whether that FBI was acting immediately or not, the Green leases were pretty adamant about working with the kidnappers, believing that they would not harm their child if mm-hmm. they just gave them what they wanted, and they really wanted their child back. And if the kidnappers found out that, you know, the police... We're investigating them or trying to find them. And they said they would kill the child. You know, so they were just... It's a balancing act. Yeah. What do you think your parents would do? <laughs> she gone. <laughs> 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 he would be like... Well, my parents don't have that kind of money, so and yeah. would be like, you're asking
1: an awful lot. Uh, I'll give you $5. <laughs> my parents always made a joke. Like, if someone takes you, I give them a couple days. I'll bring it right back. <laughs> yeah! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy, though. How much to ask about parents? That's terrible.
2: I know. That's really sad. And then um, on September 29th, so the next day, a second ransom letter was um, obtained, postmarked at 9.30 p.m. The ransom letter um, just contained similar details, like the ransom amount, um, such and such. But it all, uh, it also included Bobby's Jerusalem medal that he wore. So, and the letter mentioned that Bobby was safe and well, but he was feeling homesick.
1: Uh-huh. And
2: then besides ransom notes, they... Uh, the family, the Greenlees residents, also received numerous phone calls um, from Hetty and Hall, giving the parents like directions on where to leave the ransom money for them to pick up. Um, one article had a phone call from Hall, who called himself M, um, with Mrs. Greenlees at the other end, and it was recorded by federal agents, so I'm just going to briefly read how that went. This is the only one I could find, so. Okay. So this Mrs. greenlee starts first. This is Mrs. greenlee speaking. We have the money, but we must know that our boy is alive and well. Can you give me that? Can you give me anything that will make me know that? And then Hall says, a reasonable request, but to be frank with you, the boy is driving us crazy. We couldn't <laughs> risk taking him to a phone. Well, I can imagine that. Would you do this? Would you ask him two questions? Give me the answer of two questions. If I had the answer to these two questions, I would know my boy is alive. All right. Ask him what is the name of our driver in Europe this summer. All right. And the second question. So she's, I mean, pretty smart. Yeah. Second question. What did you build with your monkey blocks in your playroom the last night you were home? If I can get those answers from you, I'll know you have him and that he is alive. Which is the thing you know that I want. We have the boy. He is alive. Believe me, he has been driving us nuts. So not really Giving her what she wants, but saying that he's alive. Well, I can imagine that. He's such an active youngster. Mm-hmm. The driving us nuts. Could you get those answers? All right. However, they didn't get the answers. Um, I had read in a different article that... Oh, my God. I mean, they were high and they were, you know, drunk a lot. So they would mm. still be... They would be making these calls and the calls wouldn't really go anywhere besides them, you know, saying information. And then they would just hang up. How frustrating. I guess. Yeah. And then one article stated that the Green Leases received over a half dozen ransom notes and 15 telephone calls. Like, over a span of like a couple of days.
0: Dang. Yeah. Like We get it. We got the note.
2: Yeah. Um, the kidnappers contacted the Greenleases for the last time, um, at 1am on October 5th, 1953. So at this point, they said they had received the ransom money, excuse me, and that their son would be returned to them in 24 hours. However, unbeknownst to the family, Hetty and Hall had murdered Bobby shortly after the abduction. (laughs) So not even before the ransom note was even sent. They had already murdered him, which is just very upsetting. And they buried his body near Hedy's house in St. Joseph, Missouri. Once they gathered the ransom money, they left for St. Louis. Hall and Hedy bought two large metal suitcases and dumped about, it was said that they dumped about $300,000 into both. So they kind of split it up. They reportedly buried the suitcases in an ash pit somewhere in South St. Louis. Hall took the rest of the cash with him. So I'll, I'll kind of get back to that part. Uh Um, So the pair started using the money get drunk, spend on drinks, spend on other lavish things that they wanted because the like, kids, they could. The kid's yeah. dead. They have nothing else to worry about. Ugh. Yeah. and then so sick. Yeah, yeah, it is really sick. The fact that they got the money and they, you know, the parents did what they were told.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like you never hear about ransoms going well. Like, they always catch them, I feel like, before they get the ransom mm-hmm. money and everything. Like, all they you have to do got is, is keep it.
2: this child alive. Yep. On October 5th, Hall deserted Hedy, um in a rented apartment mm-hmm. on Arsenal Street. So, Hall left the apartment when she was just passed out drunk, leaving her $2,000 in her purse. How
0: sweet. Wow, what a gentleman.
2: (laughs) He took the remainder of the money and went to the expensive Congress Hotel. I couldn't pinpoint where exactly if that still exists or not or if it's named something else today where he spent money on sex workers gave them you know nice tips uh which drew the suspicions of hotel employees
1: mm. one of the
2: hotel employees reported to authorities that quote a man is spending big money around the congress hotel and he doesn't look the part oh um, shady <laughs> This employee had also, I mean, a lot of people had heard, obviously, the Kansas City kidnapping and the largest ransom ever paid out at that point um, and just became suspicious of the customer. So thought that he would pass that to the police. And then there was another article that stated kind of something like a different tip. So they didn't mention that a hotel employee did. They mentioned that around 3.30 p.m. on October 6, 1953, a call was received at the 11th District St. Louis Police Department John Oliver Hager, I believe that's how you pronounce that, a cab driver, also tipped off Hall's location at the Congress Hotel. So, he tipped off that he had dropped someone off there um, that may have matched the description. So then, after these tips were brought in, St. Louis Police Lieutenant Louis Shoulders and Patrolman Elmer Dolan went to investigate the claims that same day. They found Hall, apparently hung over in his room. <laughs> At the hotel, oh, I see, I see, right. the two officers said they found more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars and a thirty-eight caliber snub-nosed revolver with three cartridges that had been fired already. Oh my God! Um, <laughs> well, he was chilling in the hotel. Yeah. Hall was um, so immediately taken in for questioning, um, and later that night, Hall led the officers to the apartment where he deserted Hetty, and Hetty was also taken into custody. So, so now they have the a real of them. snitch. We so talk about a bad romance, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> During interrogations, so by the FBI, so it says the FBI is in. So, okay. During the interrogations, Hall admitted to planning the kidnapping, the abduction of the victim, burying the body in Hedy's yard, and picking up the ransom money. At this point, he denied that he murdered Bobby or had anything to do with his murder. Um, but he just planned it. He was it like, all?
1: wait, how did you.
2: Oh, he's admitting to the kidnapping, not, not to murder. Not the or murder, or yes. Oh. The, yeah, that's what he said. A little at so this sneaky
1: point. fine line there, buddy.
2: And then Bobby's body. Was found by FBI agents at 8:40 a.m., October 7th, 1953. So the next day, uh, after Hall and Hetty were taken in, buried near the porch of Hetty's home, his body had been wrapped in a plastic bag, and lime had been poured over the bag. Uh, the Greenlees family dentist identified the oh. body as that a of a Bobby Greenlees Excuse me. At 1:05 p.m. that day, blood stains had been found on the basement floor and steps, and on a nylon blouse and fiber rug. And then some of those uh, 38 caliber shell casings were also found in the house, which were found to have been fired from the same gun that Hall had in his possession at the time of his arrest. Well, it's so, not looking good for you, bud. No. On October 11th, 1953, so a few days later, Hall confessed that he and Bonnie Hetty drove the victim, excuse me, from Kansas City, Missouri, to Overland Park, Kansas, where Hall shot and killed Bobby Greenlease. So now he's committing to, you know, admitting to the murder. Bobby's body was transported and buried in Bonnie Eddy's yard, like I said. Um, and then, I don't know, this is kind of sick to me, but when an article stated they planted flowers on the grave. Who did? said any better. I think they did. It didn't say which one. There were flowers just planted on the Why grave. You, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If that's true. I hope it's the mourning side. I don't know. Doesn't make it better either way. (laughs) After Hall's confession, Bonnie Hetty admitted assisting Hall in the kidnapping of Bobby Greenlees. She told the FBI that she helped in the preparation of the ransom letters and notes of instructions to the Greenlees family concerning the ransom money, as well as going to his school and obtaining Bobby under the guise of Bobby's aunt. Both were arrested and sent to the Missouri State Penitentiary in Jefferson City, Missouri. On October 30th, 1953, Carl and Bonnie appeared before Judge Albert L. Reeves in Kansas City, Missouri. Both Hall and Hetty pleaded guilty to the kidnapping and murder of Bobby Greenlease. The death penalty was brought up after only an hour and eight minutes of deliberations, and then it said that 15 minutes after, um, like the guilty verdict was given, Judge Reeves sentenced both Hall and Hetty to be executed on December 18th. 1953. Only one article said this, but apparently Bonnie at this time has been reported stating, quote, I would rather be dead than poor. So I guess you get what you get.
1: (laughs) Has she ever heard of a job? That was her job, being a terrible human. Okay, I was like, because I have a quick solution. To not being poor. And then... Not being a lady of the night. Step one. yeah, A trollop, if you will.
2: <laughs> Judge Reeves said, and this was also on the Missouri penitentiary site, quote, I think the verdict fits the evidence. It is the most cold-blooded, brutal murder I've ever tried. Yeah. Both Hall and Hetty were executed side by side in Missouri's lethal gas chamber at the state penitentiary on December 18th, 1953. Hall was pronounced dead at 12.12 a.m. And Hetty was pronounced dead twenty seconds later. And then, as you stated earlier, Hetty was the first and only woman to be executed in the gas chamber. So sounds like she earned it, though. Yeah. And then, just a little bit of stuff after that. Over half of the ransom, six hundred thousand dollar ransom money, was never found. What? So before his execution, so I'd said that Hall was like, "Yeah, I buried it." Da da da. But apparently he stated that he did not bury half of the money in the ash pit, but it had the entire amount of <sighs> ransom money with him. Besides, I guess, whatever he already spent. Yeah. Who knows what's true or not. However, the F- FBI investigated the whereabouts of the ransom money at that time. They found out that the two suitcases, that suitcases that Paul had in his possession at the time of his arrest, um, were never brought to the 11th district precinct station as told by the arresting officers. So only 250,000 was brought to the police station. And then due to that, Both officers were indicted for perjury. Um, (laughs) Yes. So they were convicted and given like some short sentences because of it, even though like an article's shoulder stated that the amount of money I found was the amount of money I found, like claiming that he had nothing
1: Mm -hmm.
2: to do with where the remainder of it was. So I'm, This is kind of all like hearsay. I don't know if there actually was any evidence claiming that Shoulders and Dolan, the rest of the money, I don't know. But anyways, they were convicted. Shoulders was convicted on April 15th, 1954 and sentenced to three years in prison and patrolman Dolan was convicted on March 31st, 1954 and sentenced to two years after they were released from prison, both returned to the St. Louis area. Shoulders died on May 12th, 1962 and Dolan received a full pardon. From President Johnson on wow. July 21st, 1965. So okay. one of them was pardoned. Wow. And then the ransom money, which all hadn't been found, never surfaced. Apparently a few of like the marked bills appeared. Some in Michigan, some in Mexico. They looked for it in other places, other countries, but no trace that could be found. Um, so it was just gone. And then while this like, hunt for the rest of the ransom mm-hmm. money was going on, press were giving a lot of coverage to that. And not necessarily coverage to the fact that a young child was murdered
1: yeah. because
2: of it. So, you know. As they do. Yeah. So, like, the hunt for the money was, like, ended up being a bigger thing at the very end. But, yeah. It was just very sad that that kind of got overshadowed by the murder of a young child. And then I tried to find just anything about the family. Maybe at the end I didn't find anything. So, on that sad note, that is the story of the kidnapping and murder of six-year-old Bobby Greenlease. Mm. Poor little yeah. guy. I know. At least, they I mean, no him. good things, but yeah, at least there was justice. And... Some closure.
1: Did he have any siblings? In one of the articles,
2: it said there was a sibling. They yeah, except
0: in the I... ransom
1: note. He said, I'll
2: come yeah, back and yeah. kill your
1: other kid and you. And the wife. And, yeah. Yeah. So I guess there was another one. I never saw a name. I wonder if their family line is still going. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's a good <sighs> pick. Yeah. Bad yeah. people, but good pick. Bad people, good pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never heard of it. Mm. Never.
0: Well, uh, sounds like all in all, very glad that, one, I'm not a ghost. (laughs) Yet. (laughs) Two, I was not in prison, ever. Amen to that. Uh, Nor have I ever killed a small
1: child. (laughs) And we're still ending so sad. Did You know, okay, so I'm from Pacific, Missouri, and there's that little prison on the outskirts of town. Mm -hmm. And it counts towards our... Population size. Does it really? Yes. My dad, whenever we would drive past, always pointed out to people and be like, that's where your brother is going to college. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> Fun fact my brother is seven years younger. He went to a real college. He's working on race cars. He He's not in prison. Just
2: a Good. bad
1: joke. Okay. <laughs> But yes, I'm very happy to be in no prison. Yeah, be alive now yeah. and not know anyone like those terrible, terrible people, Aaron. Yeah,
0: yes. and just the fact that yo, Missouri is obviously our home state, mm-hmm. and that something so dark and powerful lives and lived in our state with
1: us. Just, that was a big deal. It was a big prison. Next time, let's move out of Missouri. I don't want to think about our bad, our bad stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Next Ugh. episode, we're out. We're we're moving out. Heading no. on out. That's it. Bag Getting packed. Yeah. Especially once I find this $300,000. $300, yeah. You're like packing up. I That'll know. be the whole episode where, how we find the money.
1: <laughs> Show me the
2: money. Who knows? It's <laughs> somewhere. Don't know. Okay. Um, but anyways, yeah. Good stories, guys. Thank you. Thank you, too. Come up with next time. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. If you would like to email us, our email uh, is sinister sunrise podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we also have an Instagram mm-hmm. page at sinister sunrise podcast. So you can go and check those out mm-hmm. uh, when you can. So send us emails, check us out, and hope this was enough sinister sunshine to get you through your day today. See you guys next time. See you. Bye.